Hi guys, it's AJ here and uh, Lydia. Uh, we're doing our uh, 23rd or 24th podcast. Uh, this is, I apologize, I think our last podcast didn't go up for a couple of weeks. Um, hopefully this one's coming in right after the week is supposed to. Um, and uh, this one's a, a key, interesting, engaging podcast. It's about uh, what I've heard from different people called uh, a billion dollar uh a billion-dollar industry, and uh, and that's predicting the future. Um, and I'm not talking about in a psychic way, but there's lots of computers and cloud computers and and uh, technology that's trying to do this all the time. And the people who are best at doing it, they tend to be the most prosperous. Um, they end up taking the most advantage out of society, and and you know they they enjoy the fruits of having this ability, mm-hmm. right? And there's many different ways of doing it. One is a technological way. Um, and another way, another one is very intuitive, like the way psychics and whatnot do it. Uh, what we're going to refer to for this conversation is neither of those two. Um, it's more about like using logic, different skills. So on an individual level, um, what you see, what you do, uh, how in line are your forecasts and uh, how you see things to what actually happens and how can you improve that and you know what skill sets and characteristics will help you and feel you and what is the importance of this that's what I'm going to try to answer so I'm not gonna we're gonna not talk about using big database or technology for this answer nor are we going to talk about like very intuitive people like psychics and stuff like that because th- those are two very different parts of the spectrum um, that uh, you know, I think uh, have very unique skill sets, and what we're trying to talk about is something in the middle that everyone can apply to their lives. Okay, um, right off the bat, anything you want to say, Lydia? Um, I'm just clarifying. So, whereas something like technology and even intuition kind of focuses on more of a global or very general look on the future, we're trying to kind of zoom in on life and for individuals. Like you made a lot of people, the biggest fear they have is the future. Yes. They don't know what the future is going to hold. And it's kind of like making that whole concept not as much daunting. Yeah. Okay, so and, and, and uh, so there's no perfect science to this, but like we're going to try to talk about different tools that can help you. And, and I think one thing that's key in order to predict the future accurately uh, for yourself, like, and I'm talking more on a micro level, so I'm not necessarily talking about, hey, what technology is going to be deployed in 30 years is going to change the direction of humanity, not that kind of stuff. I'm talking more like in terms of how your business is going, how your relationships are going, um, how you can turn this person around um, when someone wants to change, if you're interviewing somebody for a job, those kind of things. And what is the predictability of those? Um, are you going to get this particular thing? And there's some things that are going to be unknown. So the so one big factor that will help you in doing this is having strong fundamentals. Um, and this is, I feel, a truth for every every space you can be in. If you're an athlete, you're a hockey player, a baseball player, just being a good athlete, somebody who has endurance, who has good muscle, that's just going to help you. So you need strong fundamentals that are on. That's what this podcast up to this point has been about. Mm-hmm. The new truths are trying to provide you those strong fundamentals that are on, like about, you know, in terms of how you play soccer, are you playing it wrong? Do you know what I mean? Some of the lessons about the quad, um, you name it, in terms of objectivity and the value of it. So I think you want to understand life and not have some flawed programming about what life is or some mm-hmm. delusion. Like, you know, and a lot of people 
are delusional. Like, you know, they'll have some ideas that's not necessarily true with life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I work hard, I will be rich one day. Not necessarily. You can work hard uh, all you want. You can work on the wrong thing. You can work on the wrong thing. Uh, Even beyond that, you can work hard, but you're just, you know, you're not being smart about it. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's hard work with smart work and and focusing on the right things and changing your effort when it requires it. And so I think a lot of people have this flawed logic. And you want to evaporate that and you want to have strong fundamentals. Mm -hmm. That's key. I also think that people are also delusional about, like, not only their strengths or, like, what they can do to achieve success, they're also really delusional about their circumstances. Like, I know a lot of people, when they immigrate to the West, they have this notion that, okay, now I'm here, like, I have all these resources, so of course I'm going to succeed, but really it's how you make use of your circumstances more than just, I'm here, so, like, I must be good. Sure, and and it, it goes both ways there, but, yeah, absolutely. You, you, you want to, I think you're right. Um, uh, you don't want to be delusional about either thing and it's very tough but I think like just reading a lot trying out a lot of things uh, listening to this podcast will help you have a more improved foundation okay so mm-hmm. that's first and foremost you, you need an improved foundation so when you're seeing things they're correct and, and you're more likely to see, see them correct right um, I think object so one thing is I think whenever you're analyzing anything or trying to forecast something like the future or anything projections uh, a really good way a really good technique to start and work with is making ranges so you don't necessarily know hey specifically are you going to be worth 10.9 million dollars in like 10 years you don't know that right and you don't know necessarily the percentage of that but we can fairly predict hey there's a good chance you're going to be worth or you're going to be making from this amount of money to this amount of money and how do you make these ranges so i think just having good tools on how you develop and make these ranges one way especially if they're very financially oriented Mm -hmm. is looking at macroeconomics Mm -hmm. so in your country if the average person is making fifty thousand, there's probably a good chance you're going to be somewhere around there Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean um if it's you know it's really hard to make less than zero dollars a year so like you know what i mean so like we can make a bottom range even if you're a complete screw up uh you know you're probably going to be in 10 years making 15 or twenty thousand dollars right because you're it's gonna be very hard surviving Mm -hmm. and then maybe on the upper level uh you know depending on the different things you do you can create a, a range right so these ranges are very important to do right and everything you do there's different scenarios that can come out of it and that's okay like do you mean but you just want to kind of keep open on what those possible ranges can be so if i'm hiring somebody and i think about what are some different circumstances? So like now I've hired a lot of people, right? Do you know what I mean? So my circumstance, my range is narrow. So I'll, I'll show you the evolution of this thought, okay? At the start when I would hire people, the range could be utter disaster, right? Doesn't work and I lose a person, but that's probably the worst case scenario there. I don't think there's anything worse than that really, right? I don't think they're gonna sue me or anything like that. Like, you know, like, what grounds would they have for anything like that? Um, and then on the top side is they're a very valuable employee that brings a lot that I, I want to give them more hours and uh, and I want to grow them through through my channels and make more out of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you could say those two scenarios are fairly far apart, but over time, I'm, I'm getting fairly good at, I know I'm pretty spot on about like the, how my employees are going to turn out because I've done this a lot. I've seen what the range is and I realize some of the worst case or the lowest end of that range doesn't always happen and the top side doesn't happen and my job as an entrepreneur or a manager uh, somebody hiring these people is to eliminate some of the downsides 
while keeping the op the the upper windows open, right? And I so I can dictate it a little bit, but this is a way of forecasting. So there's certain things I know that there's a higher likelihood of the downside happening if I hire this type of person. So somebody who doesn't show up on time, somebody who's manipulative, somebody who um, uh, is very bad with communication, the soft skills aren't there. Like, I don't think those things are going to work. So I try to spot for those things early so I can eliminate some of the um, negative scenarios that's possible in that situation. Um, kind of mixing what you just said versus what we just talked about, um, you mentioned your whole process in getting a narrow range, which is ideally what you want, so you're not like the future seems more within reach when you have a narrow range. Like, you know exactly what your goal range is. Um, but to even get there, like, you had so much experience in hiring and all of this. I mean, going back to the salary example that kind of everyone knows and cannot easily understand, if you don't know your industry, your range could easily be from, okay, to be an accountant. You could be anywhere from like forty thousand when you start off to like making two hundred thousand as like a CFO. You know, yeah. Like it could range so much, and if someone's not well informed or like well versed in their industry or whatever it is that they are calculating a range for, it's really pointless to even try because you can be like, oh man, like I can make two hundred thousand dollars, but really they could easily just be making forty five grand a year because like the range is so big, and of course people are have the tendency to go and look into the higher end of the range and the key part is to actually like learn about what you are focusing on what your future holds like i think a lot of people now everyone makes these ranges oh like i have this much potential i can be from here to here but the ranges are so big and they don't have the experience you do to make them narrow because they don't try no one invests into putting knowledge into their future they just want to know about it right now and here and, and, and uh, to their credit a little bit, I guess, not to their credit, but to their defense, I guess, um, a little bit, I think, is um, they're making maybe that choice one time. Mm -hmm. Where with hiring, I've done that so much. Yeah. So one thing that will help you with predicting the future is if you made that decision or thought about that idea multiple times. So yeah. even I've started a lot of businesses, so I, I have a very narrow range. I can see like mm -hmm. very quickly, I can ascertain the top, bottom what is good. Usually I'm fairly good on the cost, what it's going to, uh, yeah. to take, and, and I try to leave the upside open. I try not to uh, put a top number on it, so I'm mm -hmm. open about it, but I know uh, very predictably, I know what's going to cost me with the time and, and, and money, and and uh, I, I'm very good on my downside numbers, right? So on my upside, I try to keep them open because I still probably haven't done my best. So there could be something that's beyond mm -hmm. what I have ever done, right? So that's, how, but I know on my downside number, they're fairly good when things don't work out. This is the worst case scenario. So it's better for for situations that you have to make a lot of that decision. So something like if you're just a one and done thing, you're probably going to be less accurate about mm -hmm. the future. Where if you're making that that choice many, many, trial many times. Trial and error kind of. Trial error and you iterate and you take the information you get from every time it didn't work, right? Mm -hmm. um, so same thing. So when I'm looking at people, forget I'm trying to hire them. I can. I feel I'm very good at figuring out fairly predictable where this person is going to end up in life. Um, it sounds judgmental on the surface level, and I'm not. A, this is not from a psychic way. It's not like I have a feeling about this person. It's. It's more. It would be a little bit more with the cloud computing, like the kind of taking the, the variables in their life. All the variables, yeah. everything I've seen, um, all the different people I've seen, seeing the situation they're in, seeing the things they're talking about. Right? Do you know what I mean? Um, 
and then combining all of that into something. I'm not like actually doing an algorithm in my head or anything like that. And, and, and coming up maybe with a little bit of when you combine that and you can see exactly what the situation is, right? So, kind of a combination of situational analysis and psychoanalysis to kind of come up with some sort of conclusion. Sure, and there's a range, yeah. and people have can and will prove you wrong, but generally speaking, you're talking like 95 plus percent of the people are definitely going to fall in that yeah. uh, in that range, mm -hmm. and so so there's some universals you want to know, right? And so what are some of the universals? If you're predicting people, for example, um, the biggest impact on their trajectory is going to happen young. Okay, so if they're in a certain route and they've been in that route for a while, and they're not doing anything exceptional beyond it. Uh, there's a there's very 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 good chance they're just going to be what a uh, older version of that route is mm -hmm. right so if they're in accounting maybe over time by the time you're 50 you hit 200 uh, doing accounting yeah. so that's a possibility mm -hmm. but like something like them being a multimillionaire is not there and yeah. we're just talking financially here but the same thing works on like marriage and stuff mm -hmm. like that right so if someone has like a mundane marriage when they're like 33 there's a good example. There's a very a good, good chance, chance it's going to be divorce, or yeah. it's going to be just a miserable marriage when mm -hmm. they're later. Because things, the the thing about things is, they carry on in the path they're going, but most paths are not linear. That's what people don't get. Yeah. Right. So, if you look at math, almost nothing's linear. It either uh, there are these exponential curves or these asymptote curves. Right. So things keep improving up to a certain point and then they flatline. So that's one of the type of scenarios that can happen in the future. Or things are compounding, but there's very, very, very little difference you see over the first few years, and then they just start like exponentially growing. Right. Mm -hmm. So those are the two different directions you'll see that type of thing in. Right. You know. Um, so. If someone has a bad habit, for example, it's very unlikely that bad habit's going to be at that exact same dosage throughout your years, entire 30 life. 30 years from mm -hmm. now, right? Because for them to get that high, that the extra utility, so you got to apply something. You eventually some these, become more immune to it. You're going to have to you, increase You have to do more of it, and then until yeah. eventually it breaks you. Or, or or you get some kind of change, you, you hit rock bottom. And then you... And then you change and you're off that habit, right? You know what I mean? Whatever the habit is, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But the idea is, if these are the strong foundational things that I'm talking about that you want to apply, that you need to know, because th then you can start taking on things and predicting things. So somebody who's a risk taker, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages, but it could work against them and it could work for them, right? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How they're doing it and what they're doing um, and, and whatnot, right? I think an example of what you just said is, like, as a kid growing up, science was my favorite subject. Not because, like, the typical South Asian parent wants their kid to go into science. Like, my parents didn't want me to go into science, but it was, like, my thing. I just loved it so much. And I think up until senior year of high school, I was dead set on, like, med school or optometry or something like that. And then final year, I just realized, like, I hated chemistry, but I loved business. And, like, suddenly... I, like, applied to one business. I was like, if I get into this school, like, that's it. I'm switching completely business. Got in, switched, and, like, compared to where I was in high school where, like, I was looking into med school requirements. And, like, I, ha I was, like, trying to map all of this out, like, where I would be in, like, 10 years. I had it all mapped out. And suddenly now it's, like, I get internship every summer for something in business. I look into all the businesses. I know which kind of companies I want to work for. Like, it changed so quickly. But... If you had lo if someone had looked at me when I was ten years old, they'd be like, "Oh, sure, like this girl is like well on her way, based on her interests and what she gets herself involved in, volunteering, everything. Like she's well on her way to 
have a good successful future in something in science right but it's the exact um, representation of how that linear mentality does not work because like compared to where i was then and where i am now completely different and and even and it doesn't yeah so it doesn't work and there's going to be more fluctuation when you're younger Mm -hmm. but even when you're older what ends up happening is because it's not a linear route it's just you you don't know what can happen right you might be a very successful accountant now you have so much extra cash flow and you start buying businesses on the side Mm -hmm. and you know things boost but but when i'm putting a range on somebody who's successful i take into account eventually there's only so much cash you can spend so you're going to have to find a way to invest it Mm -hmm. Uh, and like on a very simple note like you'd be surprised when we were this is an example of this right there are some people we knew when um we were in high school and, and university early on. They were really on. smart? No, they weren't smart. Huh? Right. And they get smart later. No, not even. Not no. even. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, they, they weren't dumb, right? You know, uh, they're, they're probably the opposite of, my, of me in a little bit. Uh, uh, people who are very reliable, uh, you know, go to work, do their job, consistent, consistent, t- lack of creativity. And they're well on their way, some of them, right? Um, off of... Uh, a combination of industriousness mm-hmm. um, and frugality, right? And then just investing things. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of them that I know are worth $25 million by a tender 65, right? You know what I mean? They're about 10 years into their work thing. Mm-hmm. And, but if you take a look at that number, $25 million, like now it doesn't mean so much to me, right? But if you think about that number when you're in university or in high school, you're like, oh, that would be a major success. And yeah. if you actually rank them economically to um, the population, even at that age, if you're worth $25 million by the time you're 65, you're definitely a one percenter. You're probably, yeah. you're, you're you're probably, a, point one, well you're probably a point one percenter, yeah. right? So the, the point I'm trying to make is, it's not once you get on that curve that's going up, things just start working for you and that 25 million isn't actually so much w- what you thought it was mm-hmm. right you know what I mean it's a combination of he's making way more income than than he can handle he doesn't spend much you know what I mean he makes decent investments they're not even crazy good investments and some of them work better than others and but this is all in a possible range of what could happen right do you know what I mean but the more you know the more intricate your worldview is about how you see things um, the higher likelihood your forecasts are going to be on, mm-hmm. right? But what I'm trying to say is some of what we think, especially when we're measuring um, a derivative of a person, and I think, like, your net worth is a derivative of you. It's not you. It's so, a yeah, derivative, right? definitely. Right? Um, is those... This person didn't get any smarter, but those for sure could compound up, right? Your derivatives can. Like, your, your intelligence is more likely going to fit into a very narrow range and it's not going to, there's only a limitation of how high it can go. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you're taking something like the IQ standard, you might be at some point, you might maybe make a 10% move over your life, but that's really all it's going to be. But your derivatives can go up on a, a phenomenal pace, mm-hmm. right? So that's anything from your net worth, uh, to the value, if there's some kind of metric to measure your value, which, you know, we might do a future podcast on, um, you name it, you know what I mean? Your health, your, your, your health in some ways is the same thing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, it's, it's not you, but it's a derivative. Yeah. It's a derivative of you, right? Do you know what I mean? Uh, so like, uh, those things can really, really move in mm-hmm. significant directions. So yeah. So carry on with forecasting the future. 
Um, the other thing I think is very key, and we've talked about in a previous podcast, is objectivity. So you want to be, no matter what the emotions you have when you're looking at somebody or something, you want to try to detach yourself from them and then just try to play out different ways this can play. And then I think if you can take into account your past, okay? So how have you played in these situations in the past? And the other thing personally for yourself, if you want to look into the future, is you do want to look at people and family close to you. Because they might not be exactly you, but they share more with you than anyone else, mm -hmm. especially if they were brought up and raised in the same place. And the idea that apple doesn't fall far from the tree, not that it's right, but it's going to help you with some ranges. And it's going to help you with what could be your shortcomings. And the biggest type of insight or advantage this gives you is you can learn lessons without making the mistake. Yeah. So you can see my father was a very creative guy or had a huge ambition, but he was way too fearful of taking risk. Maybe there's something in him, and it could be biochemical or uh, physiological uh, that prevented him you know mm -hmm. and he didn't have the right encouragement but if you see and you can peer in and see that's the situation you can actually intervene with the future you can yeah. intervene with destiny as, as people will call it because so you can, like pave your own path yes yeah. but but the all the evidence you need is right there in front of you so if you if you do a good job of learning about your past learning about your family and different maybe mentalities they had, different attitudes they had, their propensity for risk, how they tried things. You combine it with your worldviews about some macro things that are just truth no matter where you live mm -hmm. and when you lived, right? Um, what's going to start happening is you can make a customized success plan for yourself that's based on uh, some of your utmost strengths and at the same time based on what could be huge obstacles particularly for you right yeah. um and you know like this this is an example I, I actually did this myself this is why i'm talking about this my my father's an example he uh took very little risk in life very mm -hmm. little risk talked a lot uh very little action as well and um at the start of my business career that was somewhat you could say you know and it's not like we had great guidance. It's not like we came from like a blue blood family, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So the guidance wasn't amazing. Do you know what I mean? But because I was um, thoughtful enough to pay attention to my surroundings and curious enough to ask questions, why didn't it ever work for this person? And why did it work for this person? What was the issue here? What What's wrong? And, you know, originally you think like uh, the younger you are, the your answers are more simplistic. So it's like, uh, you know, I used to think at young, at a very young age, the smarter you are, the, the more successful you mm -hmm. are. That's not true. Uh, there's probably some correlation, but it's not true. Um, and uh, so, but as you get more and more, you, you have more experience, you think about more things, you start building your own algorithm of what success is and what it takes. And you start realizing maybe some of the things you've been hearing in your life aren't right. And then you start realizing some of the things that didn't help other people. And when you start pushing those levers, um, things open up, you know, and, and you can, and you experiment with real life. So like when something works, the door opens and it works and it gets some traction, it's very easy to double down on the door, triple down, right? I think one of the keys on kind of analyzing your surroundings and the people that surround you, like objectivity is so hard for a lot of people without them becoming bitter or defensive or like they justify certain things in their environment because it's so closely connected to them. And any failure that they might see in their friends, their loved ones, or family, 
it feels like it's a direct attack that they're having on themselves. So I think the struggle for a lot of people to learn from the mistakes of their, um, like, it, once you do it, it's very fruitful, but the process of actually stepping back and be like, okay, like, maybe the person I've always, I've always seen as a role model is actually trash at whatever they did because of this reason, and I could probably fall into the same mistake. A lot of people don't want to look at it that way. They don't want to think about that yeah. stuff, right? So, and that's why I think, like, that reflection, curiosity, really helps. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because it, what it does, in theory, is it allows you to live multiple lives in this life. So, like, they say yeah. one thing, like, reading does, like, fictional reading, is it allows you to... Step into another character. Character, and now you get the experiences, and you can think mm-hmm. like that. And now, as a person, you're, you're a lot more... Um, um, wise in a way right do you know what I mean so same thing if you there are stories you don't have to read them they're all around you if you look into those people how they became what is their narrative what happened what were the major issues and you start thinking about them and then you start thinking about is there some kind of characteristic that accomplished this or caused this and what were the major and you you have to boil it down to simplify it at the Mm -hmm. end of the day right like you can't get so nuanced and complicated and but what you'll find is there's I don't know maybe seven to ten common themes I think one of the biggest takeaways from that is everyone likes to read the major biographies and autobiographies of the great people and they think, I'm going to become like that. But the thing is, to become like that, you have all these things holding you back that you can easily learn from all the biographies of real-life people that you know, which is probably what you should be working on instead of being like, I'm going to be Elon Musk. But to become Elon Musk, you have to get over all this like baggage that you're carrying that you can easily learn from the biographies like flesh and blood in, in front so, of and, the, and the reason you want to learn from the biographies around you, twofold. Most likely those people who are around you either have the same environment, so you're going to combat the same obstacles they have, or they have the same nature, same genetics, mm-hmm. same nature, and you're going to have the same propensity so you can see those obstacles 20 times before they happen. Mm-hmm. And once you start seeing things way before they happen, that's predicting the future, and you can really like bet hard on yourself, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that, le- that that ends it here. Um, let's leave it at that, uh, the new truths one at Twitter. That's, mm-hmm. that's our Twitter handle and, uh, the new truths at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. And, uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend.